0: God, I pray that the words of my mouth and the thoughts of all of our hearts will be acceptable and pleasing to you, God, for you are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we're in week three of our work in progress series, and the basic idea is that each of us, each one of us, is a work in progress. What that means is that God's expectation of us is not that we are perfect— God's expectation is that we are becoming perfect. Did you hear the difference? God doesn't expect that we are perfect. God expects that we are becoming perfect. Uh, This is a thing that uh, we actually talk about when someone's preparing to become a pastor in the United Methodist Church. We get questioned by the bishop and the bishop asks each person preparing to be a pastor, are you on your way to perfection? And the correct answer is yes. If you want to be ordained in the United Methodist Church, the answer you will give to that question is yes. And then there's another question. Do you expect to be made perfect in love in this life? And again, the answer is yes. But but really, the whole answer we give is yes, with God's help. The deep-down truth of our lives is that with God's help, We can become more and more like Christ, not just in the outward things that we do, but also in the inward things of who we are. So we're doing this series about character, about who we are deep down. And I've been talking in the past couple of weeks about the difference between eulogy virtues and resume virtues. Resume virtues are the things you put on your resume, the jobs you've had, the accomplishments you've accomplished, the awards you've won, all the things you know how to do. Eulogy virtues are those things, though, that you want people to talk about when you're gone, when you move on to another place in life, or when we all move on uh, at the end of life. It's, it's not Not our salaries, not our houses, but the inward, deep down things of who we are. She was generous and faithful. He was kind and compassionate. Eulogy virtues, they're who we are. So, we're taking this series, we're putting character front and center to find ways that we might nourish and grow our character such that we really are, with God's help, becoming perfect, which is another way of saying, with God's help, we are becoming more like Christ just a reminder, this is how we're defining character during this series we'll put up on the screen. Character is doing what is right as defined by God, even when no one else is looking, even if it will cost you, even if you don't know how it will work out. So how does that happen? How do we become people with character like that? Now, for centuries, uh, God spoke to the world in something like a two dimensional model. We see this all throughout the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, there are all these lists Thou shalt, thou shalt not do this do that, eat this, don't eat that, all sorts of lists intended, uh, all sorts of lists, and and God intended for those to be the blueprints, the plans for how we're supposed to live. It was an outline of who God was and and what God defined as right and how we ought to live as God's people in the world, Uh, and they were the 2D blueprints. And if you could read them and translate them into three-dimensional living, then you were living how God wanted you to live. The problem was that nobody could ever figure out how to do that. Nobody could ever comply with those two-dimensional plans and put them into three-dimensional living. So God gave them more lists and more lists. And God would send a prophet to say, you've done it wrong. Do it this way. But still, the people couldn't get it right. And so God said, finally, God said, I'm going to give them a three-dimensional model of what I'm talking about. So they can see a living, breathing model of what I want them to be. And that's Jesus. And that's the beauty of Christianity. 2,000 years ago, God put into the world a 3D model, a living, breathing, walking, talking human being, God and His Son, Jesus, the three-dimensional model of how God was hoping we would live. So we've got this 3D model in Jesus of who God wants us to be, and Scripture tells us that that's the goal, that our goal is to live a godly life, to live like Christ, Scripture says, be kind like Jesus. He's the model. Be welcoming like Jesus. He's the model. Be understanding like Jesus. He's the model. Do all these things that Jesus did, and we hear that, and we know that, and we think that'd be a really wonderful way to live, but it still seems like an impossible task. Because what we find when we try to live like Jesus is that it's not just a a function of time and it's not just a function of commitment. Because we can spend all the time we have and be very committed to it and still fall short of living out Christ's character in our lives. And it makes us want to throw in the towel. It makes us want to quit. It frustrates us. It makes us want to say, I'm not good enough. I'm not strong enough. This is just the way I am but I don't think God accepts that. I don't think God buys it when we say, God, you know, this is the best I can give you. I can't be any kinder. I can't be any more loving. Just deal with it, God. This is who I am. I'm not going to be any more welcoming. I'm not going to be any more generous. I'm not going to forgive any more. This is just the way I am. God doesn't accept that because God knows that with God's help, we can be transformed. We can have the character of God's son, Jesus. He's the model. So in John chapter 15, Jesus teaches us this lesson, and he does it with a a really very simple yet very powerful agricultural image. I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who abide in me and I in them bear much fruit because apart from me, you can do nothing. It's such a simple image, and yet it's so powerfully important. Jesus is the vine, We are the branches. Life flows from Him into us. Strength flows from Him into us. Character flows from Him into us. And this can change the way we think. We're tempted to think that in order for us to have Christ's character, we need to work harder and dig deeper and turn up the pressure. But if we really listen to Jesus, we'll discover that that's not true. Because Christ's character is not something we can manufacture. Christ's character is completely different. We cannot manufacture it. But his character can be produced through us. All we need to do, the only thing we have to do, Jesus says, is abide in him. Stay close to him. And when we abide in him, when we stay close to him, then his character will be produced through us the fruit of our lives will be the fruit of him his patience his kindness his tolerance his hospitality his forgiveness produced and lived out through you in our scripture this morning Jesus continues the vine and the branches image and we'll hear again just how crucial it is to abide in Him, if what we want is His life and His character to come alive and live through us. So, this is John 15. We'll begin in verse 6. It's printed in your bulletin. We'll also have it up on the screen. Whoever does not abide in me is thrown away like a branch and withers. Such branches are gathered, thrown into the fire, and burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask for whatever you wish and it will be done for you. My Father is glorified by this, that you bear much fruit and become my disciples. As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. I have said these things so that, to you so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete." Six times in six verses, Jesus uses the word abide. It's the key. It's the key to having a relationship with him, to abide, to stay close. It's the way that character comes alive through us. It's the way that his fruit is produced in our lives. Abide. Abiding in Him also opens up other gifts too. Abiding in Him is where we learn how to pray and do so effectively. Abiding in Him is a way that we give glory to God. Abiding in Him is how we learn to love. Abiding in Him is a source of our joy. None of that can happen if we don't abide in Him, if we don't stay close. What Jesus wants is for us to stay close to Him so that we can bear His fruit in our lives. He is the vine, we are the branches. And His goal is that we bear His fruit. Here's the truth, though. Did the lights just go out? The lights just go out. They went out. Okay. Uh, So, here's the truth, the hard truth. Vines and branches need to be pruned in order to produce good fruit. On a grapevine, for instance, there's a, a central vine that grows up and then out. The vine and the branches The best grapes are produced closest to the central vine. That's where the nutrients are most concentrated. I'm the vine, you are the branches. Abide in me. Stay close to me and you'll bear good fruit, Jesus says. Stay close to me. That's where the best things happen. So the lateral branches, the ones that grow out, are not allowed to ramble all over doing whatever they want. Left alone, these lateral branches will grow uncontrollably and become one big tangled mess, and they'll produce subpar fruit. So, part of the job of the vine grower, part of God's job is to help keep the vines in order. And I said it was a hard truth because what it means for the vine grower to keep keep the vines in order is to cut off the lifeless, unproductive branches— and also prune back those productive living branches. At some point, every single branch on the vine needs to be cut. Young vines are cut every year so that they don't produce fruit at all for their first several years in order that later on they may produce even better fruit. And what this means is that vineyards are a long-term investment. Working that, that they are worth working on all the time. That's how God views us, as a long-term investment worth working on all the time so that we as the people of God can develop to our fullest potential. Part of our lives as disciples then, part of abiding in Jesus, will be being pruned, submitting ourselves to God's pruning knife to let God take things out of our lives that are not good for us. But it's not a violent image, and you don't need to think of it as being cut in a way that hurts. Pruning doesn't hurt the plant. Pruning is the only way the plant thrives. Pruning is the only way the plant lives fully and produces the best fruit. So as you grow as a person of character, as you become more and more like Christ because He's producing His character in you, you can expect that God will prune other things from your life. Take things out of your life. Now, you might already have an idea of what that is that God needs to prune out of your life. I have a very clear idea of what God needs to prune out of my life, and it's about like five inches tall, and it's about three inches wide, and it lives in my pocket, because every day, if this is near me, all I want to do is just sort of take it out and just sort of look and scroll through Instagram and, and half read newspaper articles that I don't really want to read anyway. And the result is that I'm not present with you because I'm just sort of looking at Instagram or I'm, I'm half paying attention to my kids because I'm looking at a news article that doesn't, isn't going to change my life in any way. And, and I think that this is a thing that God probably wants to prune out of my life. I just really have a tight grip on it right now. God's going to cut away things from our lives in order to help us grow in the right direction, in order to help us stop wasting our energy and our attention and focus it on being productive for bearing good fruit in the world. So I want to share today, I want to close today with three thoughts about character. These are seeds that were planted in me a long time ago from a sermon I heard from another pastor in a faraway place, Uh, but three things about character that will help us think about abiding with Jesus, but will also help us think about what it is that God might be pruning out of our lives to help us more fully abide with Jesus. So the first thing, character is about thinking and acting relationally not religiously. Let me say that again. Character is about thinking and acting relationally, not religiously. Now, religious thinking is about rules and practices and doctrine and things like that. And I really appreciate those things. And I'll tell you as a pastor that I think those things are incredibly important for our life together as the church. They're good. They're worth thinking about. They're worth talking about. But Jesus uses an image of the vine and the branches to encourage us to think and act relationally as well. Jesus doesn't give us in this scripture a list of things to think or do or believe. He'll do that in other places. But here, all he says is what? Abide with me. Be close to me. Hang out with me. Have a relationship with me. And we're sometimes scared of that because it's easier to follow the rules than it is to have a real relationship Having a real relationship with someone means that we make ourselves vulnerable, that we talk to them and listen to them, and and we're anxious about making ourselves vulnerable to God, about talking to God and listening to God, because we think, what if God asks me to do something that I don't know how to do? God might be pruning out of our lives some of our religious thinking. our idea that God is up there somewhere handing down rules and waiting to judge us when we fall short, to prune that out of our lives. God is pruning out of our lives this idea that God is up there and what we need to do is follow the rules to get ourselves up there. God's going to prune that out of our lives because the truth about God is that God has sent his son Jesus down here so that we might have a relationship with him. Character is about thinking and acting relationally. Because character is about association, not imitation. This is the second thing. Character is about association, not imitation. Anybody can imitate another person, mimic the things that they do, and yet be nothing like them deep down inside. Character is about who we are deep down inside. It's about who we are and who we're becoming, and it's found not when we mimic Christ, not when we imitate Christ, but when we associate with Christ. God is going to prune out of our lives this notion that we need to work harder to be more like Jesus. Because when we talk like that, when we say, I need to work harder to be more like Jesus, we're making ourselves the main character in the story. But Jesus says, no, that's not how it is. Jesus says, I'm the vine, you are the branches. And branches can't pretend to be the vine. The only way you can really be more like Jesus is to associate with him, to stay close with him, not just to imitate him. Because then it's not you being like Jesus. It's Jesus being like Jesus through you. It's about association, not imitation. And the last thing, character is about adopting an attitude that I can't, but you can through me. I can't be more patient. But God, you can through me. And this came to life for me in a really clear way on Thursday. Thursday morning, I was working on this sermon, and I had just written this paragraph, uh, and then I had to make it to the woodlands for a meeting at lunchtime. And and I'm going, and I've got plenty of time, and and then I need gas. And so I stop, I pull off the the freeway, and I I pull into a gas station. I get gas, and I think, you know what? It's a nice day. I've got some extra time. I'm going to go inside. I'm going to get a Diet Coke. It's going to be a nice little treat for the morning, have myself a Coke and a smile as I drive to the woodlands. And it was it was great, and I go inside, and there's one guy in line. I think this will be perfect, and, and I go, and I get my Diet Coke, and I'm standing there in line, and it's just still that one guy, and it turns out he has 15 questions for the cashier about signing up for the Shell credit card. And I didn't know people signed up for that at the gas station. And I didn't know that people asked questions about signing up for it at the gas station. But it was happening. And I am just sort of, okay. And then I felt my, my foot start tapping on the ground. And I was sort of getting a little bit impatient and checking my watch. And then my, my foot starts really tapping on the ground. And I start huffing and puffing. And I'm thinking, man, does this guy not know that I've got stuff to do today? Like, and, and then I think, wait, you were just writing about this. You, you can't be patient here. God, I can't be patient, but you can through me. You know, you've ever think, like, I just know. I'm, I know I'm going to walk into that meeting, and I'm going to be impatient with them. I know that if my child tells me uh, that they can't find their shoes one more time, I'm going to lose my patience with them. And maybe the thing we need to say is, God, I can't, but you can through me. God, I can't be patient, but you can through me. Uh, Maybe it's something a little bit deeper. You know, God, I'm facing the scariest situation in my life. I'm facing the biggest storm of my life, and what I need is some bravery, some courage, but I've never been able to muster bravery on my own. God, I can't do it. I can't do it, but you can through me. The best thing God could do for us is prune out of our lives this deep-seated idea that we need to do everything by ourselves. Because then we'd be free, and we'd be free to wake up every morning and say, Jesus, all I want is to know you. All I want is to be close to you. Because, Jesus, I can't. I can't, but you can through me. You're the vine. I'm the branches. Life begins with you and flows through me. Love begins with you and flows through me. Fruit begins with you and grows through me. We're a work in progress, each of us. We're a work in progress. We want to be close to Christ. We want to be kind and loving and generous like Christ. We want to be just like Christ. And here's the good news. With God's help, we can. Let's pray. God of grace and love, thank you for the life that flows from you and into us. Thank you for the gift of being able to abide in you, not to do everything on our own, not to work harder and harder and harder, but just to stay close to you so that your character can be produced through us. God, we want you to be patient through us. We want you to be generous through us. We want you to be loving through us. We are not capable of doing it, but you are. So, God, come alive in us, each of us, so that through us the world might know you. We pray it all in your Son, Jesus' name, amen.